We're continuing in a series going through 1 Corinthians. What is it that Paul shares with this church, this church that in many ways is struggling, but he also has some wonderful words to share with them. And it's fitting what, our, what, what the, the theme we found that first week together, uh, it fits with what we just so beautifully heard sung by our choir. We exist for the glory of God, you heard them talk about giving praise to Jesus, but then we also exist to bless others. And you heard Aaron talk about and sing about serving or giving to the body of Christ. And so Paul's saying to this church, I know you're turning inward to, to some division. You're saying, I'm of Apollos. No, I'm of Paul. I'm of... And he's saying, oh, no, no, no. It's about Jesus. He knows they're turning inward and thinking about their own lusts and their own wants and their own needs. He says, no, 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 no. It's others. So a church who's tempted to turn inward, he's reminding them again, it's the glory of God and it's for others. And as he ends his letter, this first letter to them, he reminds them again about the others that desperately need their faithfulness and how he needs them to not only stretch, but to plan. That's a huge part of our giving is to plan for that giving, to make, to make that a regular part of who we are and what we do for others. So that others, as Larry said, might be blessed. It's World Communion Sunday. So many denominations and churches around the world will celebrate the gift of this sacrament today. We'll remember Jesus Christ, his gift to us and for us so that he might draw us together to be his body. Paul's reminding us again, once again about the body of Christ with the gifts last week, the way we serve, and then today, that we're all connected, how critical it is for us to stretch and to give so that others might be blessed. But before he tells us what to do, it's just like Paul to give us the why. Why do we give the way he's calling us to give? First, it's, it's just who we are and who we are to be. He had seen Jesus on the road and everything changes for Paul. Because of the glory and the second chance he received, of course, this is what we do in response to Jesus. I read a post this week that said, it was on Facebook and it was picking on preachers like me who quote from the Lord of the Rings all the time. So I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to quote from The Hobbit. And... Uh, <laughs> But the second movie was almost three hours long, but then they made a DVD special edition with an extra 25 minutes for nerds like me. And in one of those extra scenes, one of the dwarves, and I can tell you his name, his dad's name, and his grandfather's name, but anyway, one of the dwarves is grumpy. He's struggling. They've been out of their, the Lonely Mountain, where they lived in glory. They, all the dwarves have been kicked out for decades and decades, and he's struggling with that misery as they're thinking about and they're, and they're trying to get back to push out that terrible dragon. But it's also not just the misery and the hurt of being away from home, but it's the cost, and it's the sacrifice. And they're taking this barge to get closer to the lonely mountain to try to get that dragon out and get back to their home. And they're asking each of the dwarves to cough up some money. Uh, Larry, tightwads, these, these dwarves who won't give up their money, and he's whining about it. And here's what he, here's what he says uh, about that. He says, I am bled dry by this misery and this grief. And he has to give up a couple 
of coins. And as he's doing that, though, where they are, all of a sudden they can see in the distance the Lonely Mountain, their home where they've been kicked out for decades. And he ends up saying, as soon as he sees the mountain, bless my beard, <laughs> take it, take it all. I hope we can say that, except for the beard part. <laughs> but Paul had seen the glory of Christ on the road. The one who had given him a second chance and had offered him grace. And in that moment, he said, Jesus, take it, take it all. And so he's saying, this is who we are. We are people in response to grace that when we are asked to give, well, that's just what we do. Everybody knows that collegiate wrestling starts in November, right? That's just me. Another, another nerd factor, November 11th, Penn State begins. But anyway, last year, Bo Nickel, already been a, a national champion, had the entire national championship, not just on his shoulders at the tournament, but the national championship for his team. If he didn't win... Penn State didn't win seven out of eight last national championships, but who's talking about that? Okay, one minute left to go in the first period, and Bo Nickel gets put on his back. Now, this isn't pro wrestling where they count one, two, three. If your shoulders are down and they're clearly down, you're done. You're pinned. Bo Nickel, national champion, gets put on his back with not only his championship on the line in the finals, but the entire team championship. And out of that, as soon as he's on his back, he does this incredible reversal move, pins that guy to win his own championship and the team championship. They're interviewing Bo, who is an, just a, an avid Christian, always talking about Jesus and the glory of Christ who gives him everything and he wants to honor him and whatever he does. But they're interviewing Bo, and they asked him about that reversal, and they asked him about the bigness of that match, and he says, we're Penn State. This is what we do. That sounded arrogant from a Christian, but his point was this. When you're put on your back, we've been trained. This is what we do. This is who we are. And Paul's saying to the church there, this is who we are. This is who we are. We're people who are focused on the glory of Jesus, and how is it can we meet other people's needs? How is it we can put ourselves away so that we can bless others that's who we are but the highlight of what he says is not here remember last week we did a we did a math lesson what's between 12 and 14 13 okay the reason you and i serve and use the spiritual gifts and talents and passions that we have is out of love for god and love for others it's the love chapter this is chapter 16 this is when paul is sharing some last minute hey you need to do this but where does that come? What's just before 16? It's 15. <laughs> Do you know what he's talking about in 15? It's the resurrected Christ. Just a glorious and deeply theological and rich chapter that Jesus is alive. Jesus has beaten death. Jesus is alive. And because of that, you can have life too. And here's what life looks like. Because of the resurrected Lord. Because of the life he's won for you someday, but the life that you can now have today. It's not only who we are, but it's because of whose we are. We give because he has given all. And he continues to give all for us. That's why we give. And then lastly, verse 7. I love this little, this little verse about 
visit, visiting in winter. Why is it that they can get this mandate given to them? At the very end, he's got to talk about money. Preachers don't like talking. I like talking about discipleship. Thank you, Larry. It's part of our discipleship. But to talk about money at the end, you've already corrected them on perversions. You've corrected them on division. Now you've got to put money. No, he's talking about others who are in need. He's talking about whose we are. We're Jesus, so of course this is what we do. But you know why they receive it besides all those things? It's verse 7. They, they listen to Paul, I believe, and he ends up talking about this again in, in 2 Corinthians 9, as Larry, as Larry quoted. They do it because they know they're loved by Paul. What does he say after those hard corrections? I can't wait to see you. I'm hoping to come. I'm hoping to come in winter and spend some time. And if you go to Acts 20, 2 through 3, we think that happened. I want to come and I want to stay a while. Y'all, we are so blessed with the church family that we have. I have watched people, Lee, just this weekend, praying for you, loving your family, scrambling. Why? Because Lee's, Lee's a part of our church family. They want to honor him. They want to honor Judy. Uh, want to love each other. I've watched small group after small group, Sunday school after Sunday school, serve and care for one another. Why? Because we're church family. We're the body of Christ. Together, people sacrifice and risk, whether it's foreign missions or Delta Grace in a couple of weeks. Who has time to do that? We do. Because it's all for Christ and it's all for other. Paul says this sweet word. It's a tough word. Set aside a portion. But it's a sweet word. Here's why. Here's why you do that. I love you. And we can do this because of the resurrected Christ. We can do what we need to do in our giving because that's who we are as disciples, but it's because of this wonderful life we have together as church family. Y'all, we're being called to more things. The Lord is opening more doors for next year. Y'all have been faithful. We're on point this year with our budget. This is our first full budget where we've took, taken on the building debt and we're on point. That's an encouraging and wonderful thing. But the Lord continues to open doors. He's opening doors in terms of recovery ministry. He's opening doors in mission. He may someday soon be opening doors for more staff as we continue to grow. And so it's going to take all of us, because of our love for Christ, our love for others, and our love to see others serve, all of us giving to do the things that the Lord is calling us to do. And as you listen to Paul, you can just hear it here. Uh, he knows and he believes that that can happen. I want to read, as we prepare for communion, this great reminder from 2 Corinthians 8, 8 through 12, and I'm reading from the message translation. I'm not trying to order you around against your will, but by, but by bringing in the Macedonians' enthusiasm as stimulus to your love, I am hoping to bring out the best of you. You are familiar with the generosity of our Master Jesus Christ, rich as he was, he gave it all away for us. In one stroke, he became poor and we became rich. Here's what I think. The best thing you can do right now is to finish what you started last year and not let those good intentions grow stale. Your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish it up, so go to it. Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. The heart will regulate the hands. How is it in the coming weeks that you and I need to respond to this, his word? Responding to the one who gave all 
for us as we are reminded uh, as we celebrate this sacrament on the night in which Christ gave himself up for us. He took bread and he gave thanks to God. He broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Pour out your Holy Spirit, Lord, on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours. Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.